Welcome, bienvenidos to Charla Cultural, a little chat about cultura y literatura from Asterix Journal and City of Asylum. I'm Carla Lamb. And I'm Adriana y Ramírez. Today, we're looking back at jazz poetry. Jazz poetry has celebrated the fusion of music and language for over 18 years. Musicians and poets are brought together to experiment, collaborate, connect, and to express themselves freely, yielding performances greater than their parts. Over the years, jazz poetry has featured hundreds of artists from hundreds of countries. This episode is really special, an opportunity to dig through the performances from City of Asylum Archive 2011 through 2019. Unless you were sitting in the audience at the COA tent or Alphabet City or at the New Hazlet Theater or just on the street in San Samsonia Way at any of these performances. You've never heard these before. We're really excited to share. We'll open with a performance by Sonia Sanchez from 2011. Then we'll follow up with an incredible medley featuring Justin Philip Reed, Jenny Johnson, Ilya Kaminsky, and Yusuf Kamunyaka. All the music, the amazing jazz, is brought to you by jazz poetry musical director Oliver Lake and various musicians he's recruited to join him across the years. Welcome. Bienvenido. Hola, Carla. Hola, ¿qué tal? Ah, dándole. So, <laughs> dándole pilas, um, as they say. So, Adriana, this is such a special episode. I'm so excited that we get to dig through City of Asylum's archives and the Jazz Poetry Festival that's been going on for 18 years. I know. Um, I have to tell you something, Carla. I was in the crowd in 2006 on Samsonia Way in September. I remember it was like a crisp evening uh, and I came out, I was a baby writer back then. And I just remember how electric it was. And it was my very first introduction to City of Asylum was jazz poetry and I loved it. Yeah, wow. I have a similar story too. I think I was just exploring the North side and I saw a jazz poetry poster on somebody's window. I think I was maybe checking out uh, the mattress factory and I was like, I like jazz. I like poetry. And then I went also my first exposure to the, these performances, the organization, the mission. And then, yeah. Like wow. And then, then fast forward like, a few yeah. years later and you were helping organize it. That's incredible. Exactly. Yeah. Super, Aww. super, just amazing. Um, so have, have you performed with musicians before? Yes. Um, I actually, several times there used to be, um, a place here in Pittsburgh called the shadow lounge and mm. they were infamous for some of their open mic nights, having live musicians backing you. And I have to tell you, I actually got to be a part of city of asylums, jazz poetry a few years ago. So it was a big honor to be a part of the lineup. And, uh, I, I know from experience that the way that I performed the poem changed with the musicians mm. behind me and it yeah. unearthed a completely new rhythm and the way you pause and the way things get underscored and you just read differently. And it's a really wonderful as a poet to get the experience to do that. Um, how about you? Have you ever done it? You know, um, no, I know that there's like a certain like romanticism behind and a lot of history and tradition of course, behind the um, fusion of jazz and poetry. And I think City of Asylum, you know, does it right. Um, we let the music, well, from when I was working there and and at those rehearsals and the, inviting the poets throughout the years, 
um, we've had people like hesitate, you know, like, oh, I've never done that. Or like, I'm not sure, like from the, if my poem from the page is going to translate. Yeah. Well, it changes the poem so much that you're just like, it could be scary. I absolutely, you're like, oh, but this isn't what the poem's supposed to sound like. Cause as a poet, you're very like possessive of that. And especially when you're performing it. And so to kind of have to change to suit the form it's an exercise and a little bit of humility too right and letting go and just being like go and also just being open-minded like yeah and i have to tell you when you're doing it when you're actually up there and you're the poet and you get into the spirit of it it is transformational Mm -hmm. like I don't know. You feel like an artist in the realest way, the truest way. Like you're just like up there making art and you know that it only exists in this moment. Um, Uh, And you don't even realize that city of asylum might be recording you and that someday two randos (laughs) will put you on a podcast. Um, So you just believe it exists in this one space, you know? And so you're just in the moment and you're feeling the act of creation and you're engaged in the act of creation and they don't realize how much little adjustments are being made in the jazz and in the music live and that it's not even actually how you rehearsed it. And so instead you're sort of up there and you're in this complete and total act of making art as you're performing it and channeling it to others. And it is, I mean, one of the purest ways I think to experience art is to collaborate in this way. That is both utterly you doing your element, playing your instrument, if you will, while others are doing the same and together forming this complete like euphony of just like, Mm pleasure um, oh girl say less you know and sometimes it's <laughs> no, you know, even like sometimes it's cacophonous and crazy and you know like the sonia sanchez performance we're about to share like yes the recording it's gonna be rough and there are gonna be parts where it's scratchy but ignore that or think of it as part of the instrument it's like time and the fact that not everything transfers perfectly to every like digital thing um right. it's but, 2011 so yeah. And, and, and once you get past that and you deal and you adjust and you engage, I just think, let the magic happen, man. Let the magic. Yeah. Happen. Um, okay. But enough about that. Yeah. And let's get to Sonia Sanchez, man. So right. Carla, take us back to 2011. Peace, a poem for Maxine Green. Peace What is it? Is it an animal, a bird, a plane, a mineral, a color, a drum beat? Is it a verb, a noun, an adjective, a prophet with no pockets circling our paragraph lives? Du Bois said the cause of war is the preparation of war. Du Bois said the cause of war is the preparation of war. I say the cause of peace must be the preparation of peace. I say the cause of peace must be the preparation of peace. Blah, blah, blue. Blah, blah, blue. Blah, blah, blue, 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 blue. 
shall I prepare a table of peace before you in the presence of mine enemies? Shall I prepare a table of peace? Will you know how to eat at this table? Skeety, skeety. Forts of peace. Where are the knives of peace? Where are the spoons of peace? Where are the eyes of peace? Where are the hands of peace? Where are the tongues of peace? Where are the children of peace? Peace, 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 Is it a tension in our earth body? Is peace you and I seen beyond bombs and babies roasting on a country road? must not be still we have to take it on the road marching against pentagon doors lurking up obscenity peace must not find us on our knees while a country holds hostage the hearts and penises of the workers bleak 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 resurrect peace can you house the language of peace can you write a sermon of peace can you populate the cause of peace peace a long time ago someone said i think therefore i am a long time ago someone said i think therefore i am now we say preemptive strikes therefore we are now we say preemptive strikes therefore we are boom the sound of peace can you make peace lighter than air can you make peace sing like butterflies until peace becomes the noise of the planet until peace becomes the noise of the planet K knew that the universe is curved ultimately towards justice and peace. I know as MLK knew that the universe is curved ultimately towards justice and peace. For war is the sanction of failure. For war is the sanction of failure. It's the language of the unheard, and I say a terrorist bomb is the language of the unheard. How to make the unheard heard without blowing themselves and the world up? How to make the unheard heard without blowing themselves and the world up? says speech is my hammer bang my world into shape now let it fall i say peace is my hammer bang my world into peace and let it fall on the eyes of the children frail shot do 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 frail shot do 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 do
Before I want to talk to someone about a peace mural that we're doing in a place called Philadelphia. They said they wanted to do a mural uh, for me, and I said, let us do a peace mural to begin to let our children understand when they walk on the streets of Philadelphia, they will see peace, peace, peace. I was, um, you know, I taught for 40 some years in the university, and one of my students came in one day and said, I'm getting married, Professor Sanchez. She was 17. You and I know no one at 17 needs to get married. <laughs> no one at 18 or 19 or 20 or 21 or 22 or 23 or 24 or 25 or 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Maybe by 30. <laughs> but you know, she did what she did. And we rescued her one night in her apartment at Amsterdam Avenue when she had tried to commit suicide. And we went in, my students and I, and rescued her and brought her back from taking pills. This is called, what I wrote for her, a ballad after the Spanish for Maria. Forgive me if I laugh. You are so sure of love. You are so young and I too old to learn of love. The rain exploding in the air is love. The grass excreting her green wax is love. And stones remembering past steps is love. But you, you are too young for love and I too old once what does it matter when or who I knew of love I fixed my body under his and went to sleep in love all trace of me was wiped away forgive me if I smile young heiress of a naked dream you are so young and I too old to learn of love Love, love. 
you were there how does it feel to revisit okay sonia sanchez so i do not always love experimental poetry on the page when i know what it's doing in a very deliberate way or when i see the way that it is critiquing language again it goes back to how deliberate it is and then how well thought out it is when I see there is good intent, I don't want to just generalize and be like experimental poetry sucks because it doesn't. There's a lot of really good stuff. Now, that being said, let's put that wonderful box in a quarter. Reading experimental poetry on the general for me, uh, it doesn't always make me feel great about the poetry. Listening to it, though, on the other hand, right, is a totally different situation because at that point, understanding it is not my primary function or malfunction, <laughs> depending, <laughs> depending on how much of an advocate for experimental poetry you are. Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, so yeah, like letting it wash over mm. you mm-hmm. and just experiencing it is such a deep seated pleasure for me. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel as worried about grasping all the meaning, the jazz underneath the fragmented language mm-hmm. allows me to kind of take it into a completely different direction where it really just becomes about closing my eyes and just letting my brain feel. Ooh, yes, absolutely. I have to agree. And not being familiar with like having the work in front of me, right? I mean, I'm familiar with Sonia Sanchez's work, but yeah. not not like this, not like her on the stage performing um, with the musicians and like the chemistry between them and the tightness of of the music and the crescendos and the drops and the sensuality. Oh, yeah. Everything just like oozing from this like performance. And I hope it translates to our listeners and just how like, obviously like when you get- Oh, yeah. Like, no, like when yeah. she- she begins the preparation of, of peace and she says that first line and then boom, the musicians just come in with 
perfect timing. It just underscores so beautifully, like her voice and her tone. And no, it is a richness that it it just feels like the musicians were like, oh, okay, Sonia is in a key of D. So everyone, let's get in D. (laughs) We're just going to harmonize. and This is going to be great. At the same time, the pleasure and the joy of jazz and like uh-huh. the whole raison d'etre of the format is the joy of experimentation, the joy of improvisation, you know, finding out where something takes you. So I will tell you yes. as somebody who has, you know, performed with jazz musicians at least three or four times in her life that the rehearsal is never, ever like the performance. You find yourself adjusting too, um, yes. because I don't like how something will sound and I will be like, mm. Mm, I will fix my voice and I will do what I can with my words to make it pleasurable to me. And so then you realize you're kind of doing this little dance where you're doing things and they're doing things and the things are coming together. And then you're like, yeah, this is mm. so mm. yeah, absolutely. Mad respect for that. Then mad respect for Sonia Sanchez, who was just like, let's go. I, I mean, I've seen a couple of performances as of late. Sometimes I'm just like the the talent just oozes out of somebody and you're, and they're like a physically small, you know, person and they're just like the voice is just humongous and like the energy and like captivating, you know, like audiences from like 100 to 500 people. So and I'm just saying that from you know, I don't know the capacity of the venues. Yeah. That goes beyond that, of course. Um so shall we um, yeah, let's listen to some other voices. On. Well, yeah. now that we've All set right. your your bar extraordinarily high, um, <laughs> watch it move a little bit higher. So let's listen to yeah, um, some Justin Philip Reed, some Ilya Kaminsky, who I must note decided to forego the jazz part. Some Johnny Johnson, again, some Yusuf Kamuniaka. I'll see you on the other right. side. Ooh, The Lorelei. Oh, what does it matter? The boatman likes the lure. If, oh, the horizon lines lead, longs for my resolute lurk. Oh, where luck of savage seizure lyric, I from his mind's entire empire. Oh, Merrill, oh, Heinrich Heine, salt beard foam porter, I am rising into fjord. Oh, am horn and head and harlot, forger of your poorest rhyme, romancing babble lullabies and slow controlled leak. Oh, hear me whistle in the world. Ich bin es, recluse of wreck. It bin me, curator of canon holes. Or, oh, what matter is it? Hear me not. My song was whole rot. I charaded languor. Hang them, their universal sails. Oh, let him, oh, let them one thing. Then one run rough tongue on the teeth of my fool's gold comb. If he whores for oh, 
black undertow if he relishes his registry of wreathing i read through every o of flesh and form my relic of rope and load of literal lingual removal refusal to utter relation to utter o leagues of lading i lovely and formulaic line your dense mass with voluminous melodies o rapturous o Hagfish the lungs, oh umlau the lazy laryngeal runnel with Oh closer, boatmen, are you oh so riveted? Haven't you noticed the mouths of the lamprey? Oh their trailing bodies of apostrophe. I will guide thy hand. Violation. Wild flowered up the dreams of my captors. Decorous men. Half moon bedded in my bloodstream. The object is without objection. It was said such knowledge sharpened the garden's blurred shush. The serpent also whispered in the field. Abandon the house of the Lord is abandoned. Its painted columns leer behind my heels. The yellow apples underfoot, the flies they waste. I am entering the wood. The goat goes with a panic trills. And though the trees throw their limbs, I have no stupefaction for that flute. I have poured salt in and already set fire to the cloth. Leaves of grass. I was banished or else I was trapped. I couldn't move without a passport and several fingers on my scalp. Four contouring my hips, two of a stiff drink. When I was fired and required by the IRS to have my health insured, I fell ill. I assured my children they would live if they quit growing, kept moving, stayed out of the sun, stopped only in well-lit areas, rearranged their skeletal scaffolding. My mother was forced to have the child of her would-be killer, was thus archetypal, was historical, then sterilized and made symbolic of progress. In the four year before it again came down to sycophant or psychopath, I overused the word haunt. I had choices, craft beer, French press Sumatra each morning a prime membership to discount my whole foods. I had a deconstructed soul food renaissance to look forward to. New neighbors sweating through candlelit hip hop yoga. In order to cope with mourning the money I earned but never touched, I worked until I dreamt of work. I lived nowhere near non-toxic water. I walked and was accosted. I drove and was accosted. I gave up driving, but the ice caps had already begun to collapse. The infrastructure collapsed. 
The trains collided, the winds collided, and nothing remained any more of our time to exhaust a reversal effort. Only those in the business of killing efficiently could travel. Everyone else was told to go back to a continent where the business of killing efficiently was booming. I was bombed and denied refuge. I was sent missionaries instead. I was given an immature God and told to be grateful. The faithful believed in bombs and not refugees. I slept in a bed and the children in cages. I slept in a bed and the children in cages. The children died in detention. I paid my bills and therefore I perpetrated. I paid taxes to be more effectively terrorized. Long range acoustic devices for all the local precincts. I had a gun because they had a gun, because I had the manner of a thing on which a gun was found planted. The bodies of activists turned up shot in locked cuffs and burned in locked cars in the century after a century of lynchings. I was part of a citizenry ruled by corporations that were legally people who could tracelessly erase everything but plastic which outlived us all. But not before it became customary to swim home past flat fish and yard signs mumbling resist above the headlights to emerge lotioned in a thin film of oil, to be a homebody and always on homeland security camera, shiny and pornographic while hunched fiendishly over the hot plate. I was not there, I told myself. You are not here, agreed the Bluetooth headset newsfeed. so much for being here. Thank you for these beautiful, beautiful poems. So my name is Ilya, and I'm going to read um, three poems, two of them shorter and one slightly longer. We live it happily during the war. And by the way, you should have a handout. If you don't have a handout, I speak with a very heavy Russian accent, so maybe share with somebody sitting next to you. Otherwise, you will all be speaking with a very heavy Russian accent as well. <laughs> okay? All right. We live it happily during the war. We live it happily during the war. And when they bombed other people's houses, we protested, but not enough. We opposed them, but not enough. I was in my bed. Around my bed, America was fallen. Invisible house, by invisible house, by invisible house. I took a chair outside and watched the sun. In the sixth month of a disastrous rain, in a house of money, in a street of money, in a city of money, in a country of money, our great country 
of money be forgive us live it happily during the war uh, let's not club this is just sports okay When she turns from the window and sees me, she is as lovely as a thrush seeing for the first time all sides of the sky. Let this be a ballet without intermission. The grace of this ride beside her on the green vinyl, soft thunderclaps in the quarry. Let me be her afternoon jay, hot silo, red shale, crumbling. James River. scavenging for the husks of beetles. I am a trout poking through river rocks, the head of a copperhead slipping past. The shadow, the shadow of what you asked for turning to husk. I am an open parachute breeze billowing through. You are a wren scavenging for the husks of beetles. Now I am flotsam poking through river rocks, the detached head of a copperhead snagged on rocks. During recess, I remember the parachute in my hands, an open shadow, breeze billowing through, when everyone pulled the chute upward to run beneath. I was flotsam moving through river rocks, a ghost net emerging. The parachute faded indigo was sweaty in my hands. Tucked beneath, one might feel whole. When everyone pulled the chute upward to run beneath. Tell me, how cold is the fluid beneath your kneecaps? 
close net emerging. How red is the air beneath your fingernails? Tucked beneath one might feel whole. How remote is any one appendage from the other? How cold is the skin above your kneecaps? Don't tell me the body won't turn on you. I am the air, red beneath your fingernails, a trout disappearing into river rocks, close as any one appendage from the other. The shadow of what you asked for turning to husk. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Out of the sanctity of old names, birth and death cries, the transfigured future crawls on two legs like the nine-headed beast with a question in each eye. It comes to us, a part of us, beckoning old man river, dragging up earth to the slow mouth of ragged song and surrender. In quest, rage and prayer, Mississippi, John Hurt, Jenny Cash, Big Mama Thornton, B.B. King, Merrill Hanger, the Quarter Family, Sun House, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bessie Smith, Professor Longhair, Roll Call, and September Storm. The past rises in red bud and blue jay, and blood oath and ten ways to love a woman or man. Out of the shape changers lament, my burdened voice unearthed in mid-sentence, way down in Egypt land, lives alongside the leap years macabre. The ghosts of Shiloh Church tongues with sexual lilies beside a mill pond. Begging dumbstruck nights and tapra into the blackest soil this side of the Mason Dixon. Out of this, wounded love squinting up at the Southern Cross. Above the yellow dog singing, Ezekiel saw the wheel. As someone bawled the jack in a room at least a mile inside a lonely house, I rise beyond borrowed blame and the thing turned inside out caught in 
the hands of love, joy, love, and hate, I come forth out of goodwill. I ride the waves of summertime till I am back washing the midnight blue out of work clothes and Sunday. Go to meeting suits and dresses. I'm a man and woman, daughter and son. An albino and 33 shades of moonlight beside the last Chinaberry tree. Out of would-be kings among Greek columns and facades overlooking sharecroppers' shops. Singled out and strung up between tradition and live oak. Worm hunger at the roots of the cross tree. I am a man who came as a boy out of Laura, Selma, Mobile, and Bogalusa. Out of a land pregnant with Indian mounds, we newcomers stumble out of English brogrands, clod hoppers, and wooden shoes shaped like miniature boats. Out of Sandy Hook, blood ran into the law of hands and the fruit, forcing branches to bow over the graves. The worm begat the mockingbird, the mockingbird begat the one-eyed horse, and the one-eyed horse begat the idea of man and woman out of frog holler, love moans, birds of paradise beside the hand pump dragging up. Waters from bedroom. I come when you call my name in a Wednesday night prayer meeting or a field holiday daybreak. Out of birth of a nation and gone with the wind. A new cry owns the hills and bank of the Tallahatchie. I found Shango sitting beneath a crab apple tree. Holding a scarpin on his palm. Herb man's medicine had the boss man walking the floor for seven nights as the two-headed desire in my body worked this way out of blood in this earth, red leaves on the edge of an almost forgotten season, up from lowlands and blue ridge and stone mountain. Our shadows face each other, one divided into the other, the good and the bad, this side of the brain straddling the hex sign, drawn in Louisiana dirt. Out of this, out of spit and mud, straw and myth, I've got love and doubt, still I sing till the arching all faces rise out of the bottom line. There are no more. No more marks of ownership on my skin. No secret kisses and hugs to pull me under the hush of white satin and lighter gag of reeds beside the still waters. So Carlos, 
Speaking of voices, what did you think of Yusef Kamunyaka's voice? Yeah, so it made me think of, so like a specific voice, a specific performance. So close your, like if you close oh, no, your I eyes. I just mean the deep, deep velvet honey of his rich, rich tone. <laughs> that's really, that's what okay, I mean. Well, there you go. Well, like if I didn't know his name, or how about this? Like, I'm familiar with his work. I'm familiar with his name. And if I close my eyes and someone's like, listen to this. And then I would, I'd be like, yeah, that's Yusuf. You know what I mean? I guess that's what I was. Yeah. Thinking. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like, like his voice matches his persona. It's a specific. Yeah. Yeah. Like the poet, like literal voice, like a literal performance voice. Like if some, if you're performing and I was listening to the audio and I didn't know it was you, I'd like open my eyes and be like, oh, that's Adriana. Maybe his like you know, speaking voice possesses the power of transmitting his Yusuf Kumunyaka-ness onto us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think he has a special way too of like the breath, like the silence and the pauses and the inhale, exhale. That's what's something that I was tuning well, into. And um, how much do you think of your voice as an instrument? Exactly. And I don't, and I need to more so, and I need to like tap into, um, I live with all musicians, so I need to, should like talk to them more. Um, <laughs> as, oh my God. As, no, my voice. So my voice, art. my voice changes all the time. I have voices for everything. My husband makes fun of me for this all the time. Cause I just have like different, mm. different voices. And so like when I'm right. or giving a lecture, my voice gets really deep. Like, <laughs> like I'm Elizabeth Holmes. Uh-huh. Like, and I'm like, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I need right. and you have a you have a podcast podcast voice. Nah, my podcast voice was up, you know. Yay. And then yeah. and then there's like my bar voice after a couple of drinks where it gets really high pitched for no reason. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys, let me tell you all of these things. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if mine changes. <laughs> That's also I, my voice. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm just trying to, well, I know for like on stage, I'm definitely different. I'm more conscious of, yeah. Like if I change my posture, my voice will also change. Yeah. Um, and of course, like being trained to like the eye contact and the breathing in between. Oh, yeah. And I've done performances where it's like, I've, I don't do any banter in between the pieces. And I, I've done one too where I don't I didn't uh say the titles and then people are like taken aback and don't know when to clap and I think that's kind of interesting to um experiment <laughs> with and in, in like a you just, like, performance messing with people you just yeah, like yeah. messing with I am like so the opposite I am like <laughs> I mean sometimes I don't do banter or I'll always get up there I'll be like I will not be doing much banter yeah <laughs> which is in itself banter <laughs> but then like um I know also like Justin Philip Reed has a pretty um interesting performance style that I actually was really drawn into and he's less like I I guess I'm using the word dramatic but he it was the pacing was pretty slow too so I was very much able to um have like the words like sink in Mm. and then in the audio of this archive you can hear the audience at the end of leaves of grass just collectively say wow and I and I th- I think I recognize like my own voice like in the back <laughs> being being like oh my god yeah like it was 
I think we were all just like a puddle of um, wetness on that floor that day because that poem Carla, me. Carla, this is a yes. family. I'm so family sorry. I mean, like metaphor podcast. I mean, we're like two poetry nerds and we're just very passionate about what Keep we're talking it about. PG-13, so. young lady. The occasional cuss word is fine, but a field of wetness. What is this? <laughs> Okay, we all melted. (laughs) (laughs) And you can hear it in the audio, so it's super exciting. And just like to revisit that too. I hope qualification of hundred people. Uh, Yeah, I love that. I love Um, that. I love that. No, I mean when you juxtapose, you know, like Sonia Sanchez and like the bigness of it all and the bigness of the saxophones and the bigness and the wildness of the music. And then you have like Jenny Johnson so measured. And then you have this occasional mm. like right. <laughs> kind of coming in and just kind of slowly underscoring the words. Mm. It really just shows you the like the possibilities in this are are pretty large. Like the spectrum is huge. Mm. Yeah. Of what, of what the instrumentation can really do to the language. Exactly. And Ilya Kaminsky's voice is an instrument in itself, as we're saying. All right. So can you explain to us why Ilya Kaminsky had no jazz, uh, jazz poetry? Is jazz poetry sometimes just jazz and then poetry? Yeah, it's not always um, the hybrid. We do want to highlight like the musicians. So sometimes there's parts of the performance that are just the musicians themselves and do like what are they called like solos right yeah um and then so Ilya Kaminsky opted for a solo I love it so it really was sort of a a breath of poetry fresh air if you will or or breaths of jazz fresh air between poetry or poetry between jazz in that way (laughs) and yeah and I think the musicians were on stage at the time I just really enjoyed the way that it, even though with Ilya Kaminsky's accent, um, just that poem, We Lived Happily During the War, is just so, it just brings me so many emotions. Just, I mean, it, it's I think so timely. It's if so, anyone wants to read along. Oh my poem, gosh. Yeah. You just need to buy Deaf Republic. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. So um, I, I strongly urge um, everyone listening, if you had any trouble understanding um, what Ilya Kaminsky was saying, please let it be an impetus for you to go and buy um, and support his work because really life-changing stuff and i don't say this about everyone because i'm a jerk about poetry adriana yes this has been an amazing episode how do you feel oh i i just want to go back and and make like five more jazz poetry episodes because the archive archive is only good i mean the people we had to like dear listener dear listener (laughs) you need to know that carla and i had a whole debate about who to include in this episode and that it was not easy and that it became a question of having a couple of pieces from each poet versus having more poets and i'm not gonna tell you who was on which side of what but that we sort of disagreed and we came to a communal place of joy so um. (laughs) (laughs) also dear listener don't fret because the people that we didn't feature today we're gonna feature soon yes oh oh yeah sneak teaser oh i like it i like it (laughs) a little teaser there's more coming Uh, well Well, um so carla adriana 
What are you reading? Um, I'm currently not reading anything, which is so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) My life became super busy the last couple of weeks and I did pick up a book, but I'm I'm going to save that for later. Uh, For the road today, I have a movie and a musical. How about that? Switching it, switching it up, baby. Yeah. All right. right, What you got? What you got? Tell me the things. Okay. so first up and you can at me. But okay, so Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. I it's like relatively new, 2021. I didn't really hear much about it and it popped up, I think, on my Netflix or HBO, I'm pretty sure. And I do enjoy Wes Anderson movies. And I heard the only like critique I heard is like, oh, it's just like the same shit over and over. But no, it's not. And if you're like <laughs> anything like Adriana and myself, and if you're into literature and if you're into art and if you're into um, true crime, which I fully I'm am. into all of these things. Yeah. And it's just right. like the yeah. trifecta of um, just like sarcasm and like a highbrow just I think it's really well done and I would recommend it. And I'm actually going to move, watch it again just to really, yeah, to have it sink in and like full disclaimer, I was like really sleep deprived when I put this movie on and I put the movie <laughs> on to the greatest to, movie like, of all yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> I was um, delirious and haven't slept in weeks. Exactly. So okay. I was delirious full disclosure. Um, (laughs) But I was not delirious last night when I went to the Pasadena Playhouse to see Freestyle Love Supreme, which is an improvisational hip hop comedy musical. Oh, God. Um, (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. Um, I mean, I can tell you, there is a part of me that is very excited by the words you have just spoken, because not only was I in improv and do I love hip hop and also comedies and musicals, but but you have to understand that all of those things combined just makes me think of like the worst type of theater nerd. Okay, so this is coming from me who I have like no theatrical like upbringing necessarily. I I was like trying to think of like all the musicals I've seen and like the culture that I've been exposed to or it's like a novel experience for me. Does that make sense? But if I told you if I dropped the name um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. There was a part of me that almost went, that sounds like some Lynn Manuel Miranda shit. Nope. Yeah, I knew totally. It. I should have said it. Totally. I should have said it. It was on the tip. I was like, say it. Say it. It's, it's good. Okay. So I, my friend was in the, in the musical. And so that's why I went to go see it. And it's amazing. And I think that they have different cast members and I know it's on tour right now. And it's actually been going on for like, I want to say 15 plus years. All right, so drop the name like, on me again. Drop the name on ha- me again. Oh, Freestyle Love Supreme. All right, so Freestyle Love Supreme, like a taco supreme, but with freestyle and love. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, and it's inc- it was incredible because it's a lot of like audience engagement too. So hence the improvisational part. You, everyone should All just right, check I'm it in, out. I'm in, I'm yeah. in. I'll look it up. I'll look it, it up. Yeah. If, it, if it comes to Pittsburgh, I'll scope it out. Uh, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> totally live Manuel Miranda. I love it. I love it. If if by some weird twist of fate, Lynn Manuel Miranda ever listens to this podcast, nothing but love, man. Nothing but love. <laughs> yeah, just mad respect. Okay, all right, all right. What two things. Doing? Two things. One, shameless self promotion. Um, yeah, uh, 
I had the biggest byline of my life drop on Saturday. So hi, y'all. I got a piece up in the Atlantic. It's called Everybody Loses on Jeopardy or maybe everyone loses on Jeopardy. I don't know. It's about how I lost on Jeopardy. So um, scope it out. I have been like insufferable to my husband for the last few days. There's a whole lot of ah! Um, noises that voice, yeah, <laughs> maybe that voice, and maybe me going, Oh my god, I'm in public. You're gonna get your little um, your Twitter like check mark. Oh, um, this is all about my dream, which is to slowly work my way to getting a Wikipedia entry. Woo. Um, <laughs> but, it, that's gonna be that's gonna happen one day. One day, I mean, my husband's always like, I'll just make one for you, and I'm like, No, it can't be from someone I know, it has yeah. to be earned organically to talk about somebody else's work. I'm reading Hernan Diaz's novel trust, which was just long listed for the man booker. And, oh man, it is so dot good. Dot, <laughs> so Beep. dot effing dot good. Like so, it is, it is, it's one of those books that you're like, Oh, like who's writing the great Gatsby right now? And it turns out oh. the answer is Hernan Diaz. Uh, um, and what does the great Gatsby look like if it's written in the year 2022? Wow. And it is, um, it's about truth and it's about like the narratives that we make of ourselves and how we present ourselves to different people in our lives and what it actually means and is to know someone. Mm. And it's incredible, just an incredible, like, I'm not even someone who uses like tour de force, like naturally or easily. And, uh, it is a tour de force. So I'm sold. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, and Hernan Diaz is a, uh, Argentinian author. Yeah. Yeah. But the, it's, it's, he's American. He lives in New York. He writes in English. Um, and he has a really, really good handle on American oligarchy. Wow. Um, and maybe like only an Argentinian would. Um, but it is uh, a chef's kiss of a book. Mm. Oh. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and enjoy this jazz poetry, man. Go back. Listen to it again. Yeah. Pretty sure. Check out City of Asylum. You know, if you like the episode, find us. We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. At us. Ask questions. Don't at Carla. Rate. like it. You can at me. I, and also, we, we never say this, but like rate, subscribe, share. Amazing. Well, I love you to pieces. Thank you for the inspiration. Awesome. All right. Talk Ciao. to you. Asterix is a transnational feminist literary arts journal co-founded by Angie Cruz and Adriana E. Ramirez, committed to social justice and translation, placing women of color at the center of the conversation. City of Asylum builds a just community by protecting and celebrating creative free expression. Charla Cultural is hosted by Adriana I. Ramirez and Carla Lamb. Voice of Goddess and Master of the Archive is Alexis Jabour. Angie Cruz is our advisor and spiritual guide. Transcript support is provided by Clarissa A. Leon. Jesse Welch serves as our production and editorial assistant. Our production design and brand management is done by Little Owl Creative. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Asterix Journal and City of Asylum.